Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I'm going to welcome all of you here this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor of this awesome church, and we're so glad that you're connecting with us. Those who are connecting with us online in the 715, we're so glad that you're, you're here with us this morning. I want to give a shout out to you. I want you to know that this church runs because of people who serve, and we have a ministry here at the church called the Serve Team. We have people right now who are serving your children right now in the children's ministry, people who have greeted you at the doors. We have ushers, people who have been here bright and early on the worship team, on the sound team. We have our youth ministry. We got so many ministries. Got a wonderful ministry my wife put together, a missions board. You gotta check it out there. We have people who are running the church. We have a young man who just did a, the announcements for the first First time. Isn't it awesome to see the next generation take ownership of the church? Give yourselves a hand. Give yourselves a hand. We, we, we appreciate the serve team and all that you do. And, uh, and so that's what we're doing here today on this Labor Day weekend. We are, it's a time to give recognition for the achievements of the American worker. Time to give credit and encouragement to those who who have served, who serve people. This morning, before I get too far in my message, I want to honor someone. I'm going to ask uh, Amy and Aaron Moss if they would come up on the platform. So uh, Amy Moss has, you'll never meet a more hardworking couple, oh, by the way, than Aaron and Amy. And, and Amy uh, has been serving the church for the past close to four years, I believe, as the bookkeeper for this church. And I want you to know, she came in as the bookkeeper during a very difficult season of the church. And she worked hard and she worked diligently to make our systems and to make our process, to make it better. And, uh, and so she is, is stepping away. She's transitioning uh, with her job and everything. But this morning, I just wanted to take this time and just acknowledge her and for the church to give her honor for all of the hard work, a lot of behind-the-scenes work that you do not see. But can we just honor her right now? Amy, is there anything that you want to share with it? No, I'm just, <laughs> she, will, she will beat me with a stick for that. Amy, we appreciate you so much for all that you've done. We appreciate both of you for all that you do to make Thrive Church such an awesome church. So thank you. Thank you. Yep. We have this gift for you. And the card is for you and the flowers are for Aaron. <laughs> we love and appreciate you both. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, do the, give them a hand. So on this Labor Day weekend, uh, I've entitled today's message, Excel. Excel. As we, as we reflect on ministry, we reflect on our work. Tomorrow you have the day off, and I'm sure that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be sitting on the couch and just in silence and reflecting on your work, your work mindsets, your mindset, your, your processes, right? I hope not. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. But I wanted to talk about our work today. I wanted to talk because I believe the Bible talks about this. And that word excel means to move forward, to move forward. And, and I think a lot of times when we look at our work, we want to move forward. We want to excel in our workplace uh, but we don't always feel that about our workplace. Does that make sense? We want to move forward, but, 
I don't always feel that, that excitement or that energy to do move forward. And so as we, as we talk about this message, I want to talk about the state of work. I want to ask you about your state of work, ask you a few questions here. Do you often struggle with how you feel about your work? Is it often hard to feel motivated to give your all in your workplace? Do you ever feel like you're in a place of complacency or mediocrity? Have you ever felt that way in your workplace? Have you ever felt that in order to move forward, you will have to compromise your faith? You're not willing to do that. You see, the reason why we're talking about this today is when you think about your work and what you do for a living, it really is such a huge part of your life. According to a Gettysburg College who did a study on this, the average person will spend 90,000 hours over a lifetime in their workplace. That is, that is estimated at one-third of your life you will dedicate to your work. And a lot of times we don't feel the motivation. We don't feel the excitement. According to an article by Worker Recruitment website called uh, EveAndersonRecruitment.com, they asked the question, what, what, what do employers look for in employees in the workplace? What are the things? So here's the top 10 things that employers are looking for in their employees. And I, I would think, I also would think that this is probably what employees are looking for in their employers, but a strong work ethic, a strong work ethic. Number two, dependability and responsibility. I think those go hand in hand. A positive attitude, adaptability, integrity and honesty, a, a motivation to grow and to learn, a strong self-confidence, professionalism, and loyalty. Now, these are all powerful words. These are the, the expectations that our, the employers are looking for from you. Or Really, I think we're kind of looking around and we're, seeing, we're kind of expecting that from our employer as well. So what does this have to do with anything? And the Bible says in Colossians, the Apostle Paul addresses this issue of work from a spiritual standpoint. And he says, he, he not only addresses work, but he addresses how to do life with excellence. I want, you to, I want you to get a bigger picture here today. This is more than just how to go to work. I'm gonna go to work and give excellence and then come home and just, you know, no, 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 no. This is how to go about our work, but also how about to go about our life with excellence, with excellence. Excellence to me is defined as this. It's the quality of being outstanding are extremely good. It is being the best that you can be. Being the best that you can be, giving forth your best, the best that God has given to you, you are turning around and you are giving it to the rest of the world. So Paul gives us this challenge. Each and every one of us, he gives us a challenge to live a life of excellence. Look at what he says here, Colossians 3, 22 through 24. He says, slaves, now just let me stop right here, okay, slaves. Paul is not encouraging slavery, okay? So this is, we're talking about the culture of the times. And, and, and this was, you know, if you were a slave back in that, that meant that you were an employee, you were a volunteer, okay? So that's, that's what he's talking about. So he's saying slaves, employees, volunteers, 
obey your earthly masters in, go ahead and read it, in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do in your company, whatever you do at your school, whatever you do in your workplace, whatever you do here at Thrive Church, whatever you do in your home, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a, re- as a reward. So, so on this Labor Day weekend, we're going to talk about our work, and we're going to talk about doing this life with excellence. I want to talk about, I think Paul gives us four qualities, four qualities that create an excellent mindset for our work, an excellent mindset of our work. Here we go. Follow along in your notes. The first quality that I think Paul is pointing out here is this quality of servanthood. Servanthood. Again, slaves, employees, volunteers, teachers, doctors, nurses, paramedics, policemen, engineers, people who work on the line, people at the counter at Quick Trip, whatever you do, Obey your earthly master, your boss, your manager, your leader in everything, in everything. So Paul is referring to this. This is what he's saying. He's referring to those who are under authority to another. So that's what we are, right? In our workplace, we willingly put ourselves under the authority of somebody else for a paycheck. Okay, so let's just make sure we understand. We put ourselves under that authority. And so when you place yourself under the authority of of another, Paul says, if you've done that, if you went and you applied for the job and you said, I will take this job, then you are obligated to put yourself under the authority of that other person. And so he says, and then if you do that, then you need to obey your earthly master in everything, you need to do what you've been instructed to by your leader. And that, that's within reason, okay, within reason, but we're to walk in obedience. We are to do what they called us to do. See, you see, the opposite of obey, the opposite is to rebel. How many of you have ever worked with a rebellious employee before? How many of you, that's you? <laughs> a rebellious employee is that that person who says, you can't tell me what to do. I don't wanna. I don't have to. You're not the boss of me, even though that is your title. You cannot tell me what to do. And so, so there, there's a real challenge there. There's a real challenge there. And, and sometimes we may not say these things, but we think these things, and that becomes our attitude. So Paul's challenge is to put on a servant's heart. And so when you have a servant's heart, you do not rebel against this leader, but you work in the service of another. You work in the service of another. I heard this funny story here. Maybe you've heard this before. There was a sick man who went to the doctor's office with his wife. And the doctor examined the man, and he ran some tests with his wife waiting in the reception area. 
And when a doctor emerged, he, was, he had this really concerned look on his face, uh, and the wife became anxious. And she said, doctor, she was meeting with the doctor alone, will my husband will be okay? The doctor looked at her and said, I'm afraid your husband is very ill. He has a, a rare form of anemia, and if, if left untreated, he will most certainly die from it. However, there is a cure. There is a cure. You can do something about this. You see, if he, if he gets a lot of rest and, and proper nutrition, the de- disease will go into remission, and your husband shall live for many more years. So here's what I want you to do. And he looks at the wife. He says, I want you to take your husband home, and I want you to treat him like a king. I want you to fix him three home-cooked meals a day. I want you to wait on him hand and foot. Bring him breakfast in bed. Don't let him do anything that you can do for him. If he needs something, you take care of it. Give him a back rub in the morning, a full body massage every evening. And one thing, because his immune system is weak, you'll need to keep your house spotless at all times. He looks at the wife and says, do you have any questions? And the wife says, no, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. Doctor said, do you want me to break the, the news to your husband or shall I? And wife said, I'll, I'll talk to him. I, it will be better coming from me. Wife walks into the examination room. And the husband's sensing just from the look in her face that something is wrong. And he says, he asks her this question, is it bad? Is it bad? Is, is something wrong? What, what did the doctor say? Wife looked at the husband and says, the doctor said you're going to (laughs) die. Servanthood. (laughs) Servanthood. What if we really looked at servanthood as though lives were, were really on the line? I know there's doctors and nurses who are here, and they give... 110% each and every day, knowing that lives truly are on the line. But I wonder if if we really grasp that with our faith, that how we serve here at Thrive Church, or even in our workplace, really has an effect on people's eternal destinies. So what does servanthood look like? There's this amazing story in the Gospels, and I, I, every time I read through it, I'm just, I'm just blown away, and we're getting to the end of Jesus' ministry, and we know that the disciples, they were gathered together, uh, and, they, and, that, and they were celebrating the Passover. This was just the night before Jesus is going to pass away, and he's, he's sitting down having a meal with his disciples, and then at the end of the meal, he gets up, and he takes off his robe, and he gets on his hands, and his, he gets on his knees, and, and something just incredible, because you just didn't do that back then. This, this job was for the lowliest of all servants. I mean, the lowliest. This was for low man on a totem pole. This was for the, 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 the employee who's really messed up, and he's going to learn a lesson. And Jesus takes his place, and it must have just blew them away. And he takes off his robe, and he gets a basin of water, and he begins to wash his disciples' feet. And even some of the disciples are arguing, like, no, 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 I, I do that for you. No, 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 Jesus, no, no, you, you need to pay attention to this. And he washes his disciples' feet, each and every one of them. And they just, again, if, if you understand the culture, you are blown away. This does not happen. 
And then Jesus looks at each and every one of his disciples and he says this, I have given you now an example to follow. I want you, as you move forward into your ministry, as you move forward into your workplace, into life, I want you to do as I have just done for you. I want you to serve your world. You see, Jesus not only told his disciples, he doesn't just tell us what to do, right? But Jesus gets on his hands and knees and he says, model. I says, see what I'm doing here, right here? Like this is the, like the most humble, the most lowly position. That's what I want you to do. If you want to be a great leader, if you're a leader here today, you're a boss, you're a manager, you want to be a great boss, manager, leader in your workplace, I promise you, I promise you, put yourself in this position with your employees and you will become a great leader. Jesus says, this is how I want you to lead, servanthood. In order to do this, you have to put on a servant's heart, a servant's heart. So we're talking about these qualities, the qualities of, uh, of, that create excellent mindset. And first of all is servanthood. The second quality, and you just absolutely need it, we need this, oh, we need this in our country more than ever, is this word called integrity. Integrity is the quality or state of being complete or undivided. Here's how I define it. It's living your life so that your words and your actions are in alignment. There's no confusion between the two. There's not, you say one thing, but you do another. That, that's not integrity. And it says here in verse 22, reviewing what Paul said, he says, when you go about your work, and you're doing about that, that what you're doing, you're serving in a church, do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor, talking about your bosses. Don't just do it when they're, when they're looking at you, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. <laughs> Have you ever been tempted to do that before? Never been tempted like the boss is not looking. <sighs> And then you hear those footsteps, and you hear the boss come down the room. Hey, boss, how you doing? Have you ever done that? Is that a, yeah, never. Yeah, thank you. Integrity, integrity. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I think, I think we can all say we've been there, right, to be honest. But is it a routine? Is it your daily process for how you go about your work? What if we were to live out integrity in our workplace? What if you work just as hard when your boss is not around or when your boss is around? What if we work just as hard? What if you, what if you, you said what you meant and you meant what you said in your workplace? What if your actions really did line up with your words? What if you what if you were who you said that you were? Here's, here's why integrity is so important. Integrity does this. It builds trust. You see, the fruit of integrity is always trust. All relationships are built on trust. I tell people this all the time, especially in marriage. If you don't have trust, you don't have a relationship, right? If you don't have trust, that relationship 
It's zero. It means nothing. And employees want to know that they can entrust their employees. Employers want to know they can entrust their employees. So here's the second thing about integrity. When you compromise your integrity, you lose this thing called moral authority. Moral authority, another word for it is your word. You want your word to mean something. So when you say something, you want people to say, you really believe that. But when you are not operating in integrity, you lose your moral authority. You lose the power of your word. And, and how many of you know this? We, 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 have a, we have political leaders who have said one thing and done the opposite. And we look at them, and many of them have, have lost their moral authority. And it's really... You know, in statistics say, I'm not just making this up, statistics say that the trust level for our government leaders is super low, super low. And they've lost their trust. In the Bible, there's a young church leader named Titus. And the, and the, and the Apostle Paul knows that this whole Christian movement is now growing and it's, it's, it's getting foothold and it's beginning to change the culture of everything. But still there's a lot of people who are skeptical. And so he speaks to this young church leader named Titus and he, and he gives him this instruction. He said, Titus, listen to me. This is so important. Listen to me. He says, and, and you yourself, you must be an example to them. As you lead this church, you need to be an example to them. And this is how you do it, by doing good works of every kind. Listen to me, Titus. Everything, everybody say everything. Everything. Everything you do. Everything you do. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Titus, be a person of integrity. Say what you believe, live what you believe. Can I just put a, can I, can I put a time out here, pause in this sermon? You cannot say what you believe and do what you believe until you know what you believe. Is that fair? And that's why you, you're going to hear this pastor say, man, I, you've got to study the word. You, do, you have to know what you believe so you're able to say what you believe so that you can do what you believe. Is that fair? That, that's, why, that's, that's what integrity starts with this. And so the four qualities that create an excellent mindset in your workplace. Number one, I would say servanthood. Just that heart. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to add value to your life. Number two, integrity matters. Integrity matters. Number three is this word enthusiasm. Just look at your neighbor right now and just say, man, you have such enthusiasm. I, I just love your enthusiasm. I love that. Yeah, I love the word enthusiasm. I did a study on this, a word study on this before. The, word, the root word for enthusiasm, theos, means God, okay? Now just, just get a picture of what this word means. Enthus means the spirit of God within. God 
Enthus means the spirit of God is within. And so what happens when we become Christ followers, when we choose to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, what happens? God places his spirit inside of you, right? So the God is within you. Enthusiasm means the spirit of God that is within you gets lived out. That's good. That's really good stuff right there. <laughs> okay, that's really good. The enthusiasm, let me just say this, the power, the love of God that lives within you, it gets lived out in your life. Enthusiasm. It cannot stay within ourselves. It was never intended for it to stay on the inside. I say that there's three types of people in this world been playing with this. It's going to be a sermon, so get ready for these three points here one of these days. But there are life takers. There's life takers. You know what I mean by life takers. These are kind of the rebellious workers. They're just like, you can't tell me what to do, and they just always got a negative Nelly thing to say about everything. There are life keepers, and life keepers, they've been given something just powerful and just an exciting, but they keep it all to themselves. I don't want to be that. I think the type of person that God wants us to be is life givers. If you are a life giver in this room this morning, give a shout out to God. I'm a life giver. You see, that's the mission of this church, of Thrive Church. If you want to know what we're all about, we are created to lead people to become life-giving followers of Jesus. But you can't lead somebody to a place that you're not already that's just good preaching right there. I want a life of passion. I want to live a life of passionate. How about you? That's why if you're new to this church and you think, man, that is a clappy, happy church, a happy, clappy church. Man, they're clapping at everything. You know what that's called? That's our enthusiasm. Can I just hear some enthusiasm right now? That's enthusiasm. That is the spirit of God that is living within us that is getting out. And so he says here, whatever you do, whatever. Everybody, can we just give a teenager whatever, whatever, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, with enthusiasm, with passion, with life. Whatever your life, your work, your marriage your family, your ministry, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. Everybody say whatever. Whatever you do, do it with all of your heart. That means that when you, give it, when you go at it, you give it everything you've got, 100%. It literally means doing something like your life depending on it. About a year and a half ago, just, oh, man, I had this, uh, I felt like it was a God thing to finish my master's degree. Ah, uh, and working, I, the whole time I'm thinking about that thesis paper at the end. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. No, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. Oh, man, when I turned that in, it, I had read that thing a million times. I had edited it a million times. I don't think there's anything I could have taken away or added to it that was just, and, and when I turned it in, 
I received a report back from that teacher. I'm not going to brag on myself, but they told me that was one of the highest grades ever given to a thesis paper at North Central University. Give me a hand. <laughs> why, do I, why, do I, why do I say that? It feels good. It feels good to give your all to something worthwhile. God made us that way. It feels good. It feels fulfilling. You know what it feel? You know what it felt like? That, this is exactly what it felt like when I turned, when I pushed the button to send that, that thesis paper. I felt like I was obedient to my father. Man, it felt good. I felt like I gave my best to my father. Colossians 3:17. Once again, Paul says, and whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. King Solomon jumped on this. The wisest man who ever lived, he jumped in on it. He says, whatever, everybody say whatever. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. To live with enthusiasm takes attitude. Here's what I know about attitude. Your attitude is what people first notice. It's the air that you give off. It's just kind of your, your, your spirit, okay? Your attitude defines you. Maybe you have people in your workplace who are like, here comes Debbie Downer. Here comes stick in the mud. Here comes happy-go-lucky. Here comes that real fireball. Here comes the grouch. Here comes Mr. Carefree. Here comes that bulldog. Here comes a pain in the neck, here comes the prima donna, whatever it is, they got these nicknames from their attitude. Let me advise to ask you today, what is the name given to you that reflects your attitude? And here's what else I know about attitude. Your attitude, it's a reflection of your faith. I believe your attitude, what you give out to people, we talked about that word enthusiasm, is really a reflection of what you really believe on the inside. I heard this story. If I can read this story for you here, it's called Dancing in a Toll Booth. Let me read it for you. Late one morning, a driver drove into a toll booth to pay his toll. He heard loud music and looked inside and saw the employee dancing. The driver asked, what are you doing? The employee responded, I'm having a party. I'm having a party. A few days later, same driver pulls through the same toll booth, still with loud music and still having a party going on. Again, he asked, what are you doing? He said, I remember from the last time, I'm still dancing, I'm still having the same party. <laughs> the driver then asked, what about the rest of these people and working in all these other toll booths? The employee responded by pointing at the rows of toll booths. He says, what, what do you look at? What do you see when you see these people? Driver said, I don't know. I don't go, no, 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 no. You use your imagination. Use your imagination. Driver said, I give up. What do they look like? He says, when I look at those other people sitting in those other uh, booths, I see vertical coffins. So let me explain. He says, at 8:30 every morning, live people get into the booths, then they die for eight hours. At 4.30, like Lazarus from the dead, they reemerge and they go home. For eight hours, their brains are on hold, dead on the job, going through the motions. And the driver asked, why is it so different for you? Why are you having a good time? The employee looked at him and said, 
I'm going to be a dancer someday. <laughs> I'm going to be a dancer. And he pointed to the administration building. He says, see that over there? He says, those people, they don't know that. They, they, they don't know what's happening. But my bosses are in there, and they're paying for my training because I'm going to be a dancer one day. 16 people dead on a job in the 17th in precisely the same environment figures out a way to live. And then he said, I don't understand why anybody would think my job is boring. He says, I have a corner office, glass on all sides. I can look out and see the Golden Gate Bridge and the Berkeley Hills. Half of the Western world comes here on vacation. And I just stroll in every day and practice my dancing. Practice my dancing. And every day you have a choice. You can choose a vertical coffin or you can choose a dance studio. It's all up to you. Man, that's, that's good. That's powerful. So which word defines your attitude in your workplace? Are you dead? Are you alive? Are you dancing? Four qualities that create an excellent mindset. Servanthood, integrity, enthusiasm, and last of all, eternal perspective. Who or what are you working for that makes all the difference in the world? Who or what you're working for it makes all the difference in the world? Paul challenges us, Christ followers here today. Christ followers, will you raise your hand? You're not just a Christian. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. He says, I want you to view your servant heart, your servant mindset differently. It says in verses 23 and 24, as working for the Lord. I work for the Lord. I don't work for man. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. You know what that is? That's what they call a paradigm shift. Wait a second, I don't work for that grouchy boss. I don't work for this, this rough environment. I work for the Lord. You see, I'm on a mission. And God has placed me here in this workplace. I'm on a mission. You see, there's two perspectives of who we serve. We are either serving man, our company, our boss, our manager. We're serving Jesus. Who are you serving today? Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God. Jesus is our king, our savior, our Lord. Let me, let me just pause here. You know what the word Lord means? How many Jesus is your Lord? Raise your hand. Some of you are like, oh, I want to know what that word means first. <laughs> Jesus is your Lord. You know that that word Lord literally means boss? It's boss. He is above all bosses. He is the leader. He is the one who is ultimately in charge. He's your Lord. And when, you, when your Lord speaks to you and you respond to the Lord, he wants to hear, I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. I will say what you want me to say. Because he's Lord. He's Lord and he knows best. So what if we changed our perspective on whom we served? Jesus tells us that there's an eternal ramifications here. Matthew 5, 16, he says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. When you go to work, 
in, 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 in your neighborhood, in your home. It's important that your good deeds, that, that people see that Jesus in you, that you live with enthusiasm, the spirit that lives within you, it gets out and it impacts people so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. You see, I want you to hear, I'm almost not here. When we live our lives differently, when we live with enthusiasm, people notice, right? When we go about our work differently, Jesus style, people notice, right? People notice that. When we shine the love of Jesus through our servanthood, through integrity and enthusiasm, how many of you know people notice that? They notice that. And so then when they ask you, what's different about you? You have the opportunity to give honor and praise to God. You know what that's called? Giving God glory. Can we give God glory right now? Give God glory. Mark Batterson says this, we exist for one reason and one reason alone, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. It's not about you at all. It's about him. You know what it means to glorify God? To live a life that's glorifying God is a life that says, don't look at me, look at him. It's not about me. It's all about him. I want my life, I want the spirit that's in me to get out in such a way that you cannot help but look at him. Give glory to God. It's glory to God. I love what the founder of Chick-fil-A. How many say hallelujah for Chick-fil-A? How many Chick-fil-A sauce? When they, did you know that they put it in like a ketchup bottle right now? Chick-fil-A sauces. And check it out at Pick and Save. It will change your life. Chick-fil-A sauce. But he says this is the mission statement for Chick-fil-A. Each employee that works there. The mission statement is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. I just think that that is our mission. Amen, amen. I wanna read this passage to you one more time as we prepare to go back into our workplace here on Tuesday morning. Paul says, slaves, I know some of you are here today and you might feel like a slave, but what if you changed your mind and said, I'm, I'm not a slave anymore. I'm a servant of the king. I'm not a slave. I'm a servant of the Most High King. Servant of the Most High King, obey your earthly masters in everything. And do it not only when their eye is on you to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work it out with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. We're gonna close out this service this morning and we're gonna glorify God through communion. If, you, if you've not received a communion cup, would you raise your hand when you came in through the doors here? Raise your hand if you do not have a communion cup. I see a bunch of hands over there. Bunch of hands, yeah. Make sure we get everybody. Keep your hands raised so that our ushers can see you. I want you to know here at Thrive Church, we serve an open communion that means you don't need to be a member of this church. You just need to be a member of God's family. 
To become a member of God's family simply means that you've invited Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. I ask you, have you done that this morning? Those who are watching online, have you invited Jesus into your heart? Are you a part of God's family? And if you've, if you've not made that decision, and you know you need to do that today, can we just take a moment and do that? Right where you're at, the Bible says that we need to examine ourselves. And so we, we say, God, I need you. I'm asking Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. I'm now making you the leader of my life. I recognize what you did on the cross. I know that you rose again so that I can have eternal salvation. Forgive me of my sins. I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to equip you to grow in your faith journey. And so you just need, at the end of the service, you just go back to the guest center. There's some really awesome people right back. It says guest center right at the top. And I want, to, I want them to give you a Bible. I want them to give you a, a new believer's Bible to help you in your faith journey. So in communion, we are going to recognize and give thanks for Christ's work on the cross. They call it the passionate, the passion of the Christ. Passion. It took raw passion to do what he did for us on the cross. So Lord, let's just hold the bread together. Lord, we thank you. Oh Lord, we thank you for the body of Christ that went to the cross for us. You paid that ultimate sacrifice. You went enthusiastically and paid my price. I thank you for that. Let's partake together. Can we hold the cup? You talk about you giving blood, sweat, and tears to your company. <laughs> as nothing compared to what Jesus gave to us on the cross so that we can have life more abundantly. We thank you for your blood, for the sweat, the tears, the sacrifice. Oh God, so that we can live in eternal life. In Jesus' name, let's all partake together. Thank you, God. Can we stand right now? And can we just passionately give praise to our Lord and King, Jesus Christ. Just go ahead and stand and worship him right now. Just give him praise this morning. We thank you, Lord. We give you honor and praise. We give you thanks in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I bless, I pray blessings and favor on each and every person that's in this room. Lord, I pray that you would help them. For some of them, their workplace is a tough place to go, a tough place to be. I pray that you would give them your spirit. I pray that the same spirit that is alive in them would come out through them, that they would put themselves in position for that to happen. I pray that, that their workers or coworkers would see that enthusiasm, would see that integrity, would see that life that is within them. I pray, Lord, it's all about life change in Jesus' name.